it's safe to say that zombies are one of the most popular, if not the most popular, horror subgenres. The Walking Dead, at least for the first five seasons, was consistently the highest rated show on television, and the fifth season premiere was the most watched episode in cable history, with 17.3 million viewers. Welcome to Zombie Night Extravaganza, where we're going to trace zombie movies from their roots, starting with George A. Romero's iconic 1968 Night of the Living Dead. George A. Romero single-handedly invented the zombie genre as we know it. Of course, Romero was not the first one to make the dead walk on camera, or even use the term zombie, which has its roots in Haitian folklore. In the 1932 Bela Lugosi-led horror film, White Zombie, Lugosi played a voodoo master named Murder Legendre, who could make the dead walk. Zombies? Yes, they are my servants. The movie was widely panned. Fast forward to 1967, when a young filmmaker named George A. Romero, who was working for Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and made his official directorial debut with Mr. Rogers Gets a Tonsillectomy, set out to make his first feature film. I could see in the kind eyes of the people in the operating room. Even though they wore masks, I could see their kind eyes. A low-budget horror movie encapsulating the chaos, upheaval, and social tension of the civil rights era, Night of the Living Dead. George A. Romero was inspired by Richard Matheson's I Am Legend, where a plague ravages Los Angeles, turning everyone into vampires who prey on the uninfected. Romero believed that I Am Legend was actually about revolution, and showed one man standing firm against the inhuman changes that have swept the world. However, I Am Legend's singular human protagonist meant that the revolution had already infected everyone. Romero wanted to explore the pandemic from the beginning. Inspired by, I read I Am Legend and I thought, wow. But, you know, I said, this starts when it's over. Yes. And I, I'd like to see what happens in the beginning. Yes. Because it's very loosely scripted and because of the level of sophistication that Romero's later films like Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead have, Night of the Living Dead feels like an impressionistic and amateurish prequel. However, many of the elements that would become hallmarks of the zombie genre are present. The story involves seven characters trapped inside of a house, each responding to the outside threat in various ways. With all of us working, we can fix this place up in no time. We have everything we need up here. We can take all that stuff downstairs with us. And you're really crazy, you know that? You've got a million windows up here. All these windows, you're gonna, you're gonna make them strong enough to keep these things out, huh? Romero stated, the stories are about how people respond or fail to respond to this. That's all the zombies ever represented to me. Originally, the character Ben, the most iconic character from the movie, was pictured as a white lower class truck driver. However, they ended up casting Dwayne Jones, a college friend who was African-American and auditioned for the part. Dwayne Jones ended up rewriting his part. He was an educated college professor and did not want to be portrayed as a simple truck driver. Well, you're a father. If you're stupid enough to go die in that trap, that's your business. However, I am not stupid enough to follow you. It is tough for the kid that old man is so stupid. Now, get the hell down in the cellar. You can be the boss down there. I'm boss up here. The ending of Night of the Living Dead, where Ben is the sole survivor only to be gunned down by a white posse, has been analyzed endlessly. Good shot. Okay, he's dead. Let's go get him. That's another one for the fire. 
The one major regret that George A. Romero would have about Night of the Living Dead is the character of Barbara. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Both Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead would have strong female leads who defied the weak damsel in distress trope. It's pretty crazy that an amateurish film that was made for a quarter million dollars would still have an incredible amount of resonance today. Especially since Night of the Living Dead never actually uses the word zombie. We hope to use Zombie Night Extravaganza Month to explore why this genre has resonated so much. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, she has recently rebranded to Cosmopolitics, twitch.tv slash Cosmopolitics, or on Patreon, or find her on all the social media uh, websites, and she streams about four times a week. Kona Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal and frontman for Kona Neutron and The Secret Friends. They recently got back from touring along the entire West Coast, but if you miss seeing them and you live on the East Coast, I have good news. In early October, they will be doing a mini tour with some East Coast dates, including the 1-2 Heart U Festival in Peekskill, New York on October 8th. J.G. Michael, host of Parallax Views. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. I forgot to introduce myself earlier. Without further ado, let's get started. I like how it's like, and good old JG. <laughs> <laughs> like mine's like 20 sentences long and like, oh yeah, JG's here too. <laughs> well, it's the same one from when we did it. There wasn't a yeah, one that was I, 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 long. We did uh, the uh, Kadard one yeah. recently. And so I had everyone quickly, like, you know, listed. Yeah. And then <laughs> I think Christina was the longest one at that point because uh, she had just rebranded. And I remember the last minute I was like, I was like kind of, kind of like a little bit inebriated on the weekend. And I was like, oh shit, she rebranded, didn't she? And I like rushed to the microphone before I went to bed and like re-recorded that part. <laughs> yeah. Cause before it was, uh, it was like, she's real busy on the internet. Basically it is was, was what your, your introduction seemed to be. <laughs> I'm very busy on the internet. Holy shit. I'm tired. Which, I'm just saying, yeah, find where's the, the lie, lie bro. But, yeah. yeah, exactly. Where's the lie. But, uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, uh, not living dead. Let's go zombie night extravaganza. Let's go. Cause uh, it's the okay. I, I wish I had thought of the, uh, the upstairs downstairs joke and found that like British, uh, you know, they have, like the British show. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, like, upstairs downstairs. Like, yeah, and I wish oh, yeah, I had found something from there when they're like, when they're like, uh, you know, like I want to be upstairs, I want to be downstairs, and then have them be like, well, you know, I'd like to get a cup of tea or something, and then kind of balance out the. <laughs> 
it is a, it is a, it is a great line that like actually would like work well on like a modern movie just as well as it would then <laughs> you can be the boss of the, town, of the cellar yeah. it's great <laughs> andy's on uh you're, you're yeah on, andy uh, you're muted Woo! Yeah, as I'm upstairs muted. boss i have you muted yes. so there you go <laughs> yes which which uh, i i absolutely love because they kept that in the remake of uh night of yeah. living dead which they made right. because of the uh copyright issues uh of this one so people can yep. actually get paid for for the movie <laughs> Which is good. Uh, Tony Todd is quite good in it. Uh, we were yes. talking about that before the show. It, uh, it kind of sucks that by then Dwayne Jones, though, was deceased. He died in uh, 1988. So he yeah, died, yeah. So. He died like in, in his 50s, too. Like, like he was a yeah, young. Like 51, I think. The same. Good actor. Yeah. yeah but, good actor. Uh, JG, what's up? How you doing down there? You all right? Everything I'm okay? doing good. I'm doing good. I'm excited to be talking about this. I was going to crack a joke and be like, oh, I thought we were talking about the, the 1990 movie. Nah. But then I decided against making that joke. But yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it a while ago, but I started to watch it and it just, the acting just wasn't like, it took me out of it. Yeah, except um, for Tony Todd. Like, like, Tony Todd's great. I, I like a lot of the actors in the remake. I like Tom Toes as the, um, the, the, the Carl Hardman character. I forget. What, what's the name of the character who's an asshole, lives in the uh, basement? <laughs> Cooper, Mr. Cooper. Yeah, Mr. Cooper. I thought Wait, he was is it Henry or Hank? It's Henry. I think right? he's Henry in the movie. It's the name of the character. Yeah. I always forget the character's name. Hank, Hank, no, Hank. <laughs> Don't go down there. It's good. It's, it's. I mean, it's. I think it's. It's worth watching if you're a fan, for sure. It's yes. interesting to be talking about this 1968 movie, though, since I like grew up in Pittsburgh. It's like zombies everywhere. You know. You had to, if you lived in Pittsburgh and you knew about Night of the Living Dead, you had to go to Evansville Cemetery at some point. Yep. Then you had to go to Monroeville Mall. Mall for Dawn of the Dead. I for mean, Dawn. I think I've met most of the cast when they were alive at like one point Because they do, regu- they do like regular yeah. events, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, re- I, re- I remember the first, very first time uh, we came through Pittsburgh, uh, my friend uh, was like, oh, you know, you're staying in Monroeville are you going to go to the mall? I'm like, why would we go to the mall? Like, oh, because it's the mall from Dawn of the Dead. I'm like, yes, we are. We are going to do that immediately. <laughs> well, now we are. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, nobody, nobody informed me. I didn't, cause this is like, you know, before it was, they were like sites that point out that kind of thing on the internet. Right. But yeah. And I've, and I've been there a few times since then. It's cool. I mean, it's great. And it's easy to forget about because like, it, it never is like attention, attention. This is Pittsburgh, you know, but like, it's very clearly like, zombie land. You know, yeah. It's zombie land. It is zombie land. You're right. Hmm. Um, yeah, um, and yeah, and speaking well, of which, Conan Neutron the Secret Friends in yeah. Pittsburgh on Sunday with Norm Westberg and Burned or Buried at Government Center. Yeah, I, I should have added the extra couple dates into there, I guess, uh, with the intro. But <laughs> oh, I, what, one thing I love about this movie, the my like, what was your guys' first like knowledge of this film? Because mine was actually watching a like a special on like midnight, like famous midnight movie showings. Oh yeah. Horror, Pink Flamingo. And they mentioned like the first most infamous one was Night of the Living Dead. And I was like, well, let me watch it. It's a horror film. I like horror. I'm I'm 11, I'm 12 or whatever. I'll watch it. And absolutely loved it. I saw it when I was like three or four uh, on Elvira. Oh Jesus! Kind of household and running. That's a good way to see it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like edited for TV, so so like some of the more intense Uh scenes weren't weren't there, which is fine. That's also how I saw Howling whenever I was like uh, five. Uh Um, You know, (laughs) because it was on Elvira. (laughs) I think we should figure out a way to make Christina Elvira's protege. Thank you. You know, it's funny that that would be that would be um, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny you mentioned watching like an edited version of it because I think when it came out. 
uh, there were like reviews by people like Roger Ebert that were, I mean, Ebert said it was a great film, but he was decrying the fact that they were showing it at some theaters as a matinee feature. So kids yeah. were seeing it. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, he was all worked up about it, right? If I, I mean, he loved the film, but he was like, I don't think kids should see this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he was, he was also um, a uh, 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 stick in the butt about these. Isn't things. he the same? Isn't Roger Ebert the same guy who wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls? Yes, oh, yeah. he is. Which, if you'll recall, uh, Jerry Casale volunteered to come on for, which we should absolutely. I don't know why we haven't done that yet, by the way. But yeah, you guys have to do that. I Beyond guess, the Valley of the Dolls I, I is know. great. I love that I movie. Know. I guess it's not one of the ones I put into the clip folder, uh, but I had a. Uh, we could watch it at the after party, I guess. I had a clip of George A. Romero talking about how actually Night of the Living Dead was one of three movies that got the MPAA started because uh to start rating oh films. sure because for the Roger same reason yeah. used that as like as a as a, he wrote a whole thing about it in like the chicago sun times or whatever and he wrote up like you know we should really have a rating system to show parents that like uh you know that yeah yeah so, i guess they used me, to show horror movies not just as matinees it was like kids would go to horror movies right like they would watch yeah. the old they're seeing inappropriate movies. stuff whatever yeah, that yeah. Became yeah. A moral panic and then i mean have you, I'm, i know i've talked about it so many times in this show but the the film this film is not yet rated about the MPAA. You guys, you guys all seen that. I mean, it's oh, yeah. pretty frustrating because they're completely unaccountable. Like they don't have to like give any visibility to their process. It's very arbitrary. Um, yeah. Then not to immediately take it off topic, but I, I do think it's fascinating that people know what those ratings are basically just completely arbitrary by a, a panel of people selected by no kind of popular <laughs> vote or any kind of logic. Some PG 13 movies should definitely be rated R. Oh yeah. What? Yeah. For sure. And there's some stuff that's rated like crazy, like NC-17, where it's like, really? Okay. Oh, some of the stuff in that new Doctor Strange. That's why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of the some of the stuff in that new Doctor Strange movie, I was like, wow, this got like a PG-13. Yeah, yeah. It was it was, <laughs> it was like mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe Disney interfered there. Literally, like, you better give this PG-13. <laughs> yeah, of course they did. Of course, you know they did. But like, but I think, do you think it's interesting that of the many things that this film is influential in is that like, yeah, like there was that. Yeah, you know, I mean to be clear, it wasn't just Roger Ebert. There was there was that like, look, we need to figure out some way to, like, this is more than just your average monster movie. People are getting like ripped apart here, you know. What I find interesting though, like I said, I mean, I mean, if you read Ebert's review, like he does complain about you know kids being able to see it, but yeah. he also he you know he ultimately praises the film. He likes he the does film. that with a few films. Yeah. You know, he did that with Last House on the Left and other films. So I think he saw that it was a powerful movie for its time. Right. Yeah, and it, and it, you know, it came out the same, uh, the same, you know, uh, time period that like MLK had just gotten killed, and it literally ends. And of course, George A. Romero has always like distanced himself and been like, "Well, I found about that, like I found out about that after the fact, and you know, I wasn't really trying to yeah. take a racial message." He's been very uh, clear about that, but uh, like, I think that also. But also, I listened to it with the commentary on recently, and he talks about how important he thought it was that it just not be a bunch of like white actors too. So it's like, yeah. all right, dude, like I get it, but mm -hmm. like, well, I, I mean, but that's the best kind of of activism where it's not like, hey, attention, you know, we're doing this thing over here. Like it's like just there. Like you, it was also doing that to get laid because because uh, apparently he had a date once and was just being like. Hey, I got, I got a, uh, you know, I have this black actor on here. It's, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Aren't, aren't I woke? And she's like, yeah. Barbara sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and he, he realized that as mentioned in the intro and, and tone for it, certainly in Dawn of the Dead and, and later, but it's, and, and it's like the, the one, remake, that's one of the nice things about the remake the, is that, that yeah, they actually, the act. um, you, you know, I wonder if conservatives would bitch about 9-11 dead more now because of it 
you know, having a black actor in it and calling it woke. You made woke. it zomlitical. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're, they're, they're ready to be offended by anything. You know what I mean? Anything from the past that's already been addressed. Like yeah. that's, that's, especially when it comes to film, we all know that, that they're offended by like Hocus Pocus. And I'm like, I'm offended by Hocus Pocus for a very different reason. I don't think it's a very good movie, but whatever. I mean, I'm just like people, 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 witches. It's like, it's not the demons are not entering your house. You just have this thing called this feeling of fear. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I think that it's... But that's a, you know, that's a reason for um, somebody like George A. Romero to be like, oh, well, you know, it could have been anybody, but we had a black actor and they might have rewritten some of it, but it wasn't uh, explicitly racial. Because then, like, it kind of disarms a little bit of the conservative, um, I guess, backlash to something where they're like, oh, you made a civil rights movie. And it's like, well, it's a zombie movie. You know, like... Well, he was also the best actor that they had, so it makes sense. Yeah, because there are also things like things that are, are attempting to advance culture and do representation, but they forget to tell a good story or have good characters. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I can, I can I was, bring I, up I, examples, but I've always thought that there was a lot maybe going on like subconsciously for all the people that worked on it, not just Romero, because I do think it's, um, it's ultimately a very collaborative film uh, because, you know, half the cast actually acted as like producers or different, they did was it Romero yeah. like dressed up like a zombie at one point and like oh no yeah. we got someone to do it yeah so yeah and they're like mm-hmm. running yeah. the camera as a zombie <laughs> but well, also the uh also I I don't remember if it's He's actually the, in I think it's the production season. the production director or something production one of the production managers or something is the sheriff that uh has yeah George Casana yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and, and, and there was also an unfinished script too they were all kind of improvising a lot of the uh, dialogue so yeah, yeah. well what I was gonna say is I think you know, it was done by people that were uh, young and, and just getting experience in film at the time. And I think they had different ideas than the old guard yep. um, when it came to filmmaking. And it, it's not like they were trying to, like, force a message or anything, but I think it comes out anyways. I think the the dealing right. with issues like civil rights and racial tensions comes out with them even, like, consciously realizing it in some ways. Because it was it was just, like, in the air at the time. And yeah. Like, how could it yeah. not? Because, I mean, like, there are crazy things with this movie. Like, the fact that they just borrow that car and, like, they got permission to break the window, but nothing else. But they totally, like, <laughs> banged it up. So, like, well, I guess we'll have a scene where she runs into a tree because it's already banged up. <laughs> uh, and anyone that's ever done sort of guerrilla filmmaking, which I certainly did my share of it in high school, even had, like, a um, public access TV show uh, back in the day, which I wish I still had archives of. But, like, you're just doing what you can, like, you know, kind of not shooting from the hip necessarily, but you do what you can with what you have. And on like the, on the spot. Yeah. And, and that is, I think there's something lovely about that. And this is like one of the best examples. I, I love that. My, uh, my, my favorite guerrilla filmmaking experience that I've had is that I, um, me and, and one other person that I was like, uh, that we had, that was like my friend's roommate um, in a college film class. We both dressed up in mascot costumes and ran across the, like the, the SUNY New Paltz college campus fighting each other as mascots. And that was like our final uh Which one of you for... was a gorilla? Um, Did no, somebody gorilla. shout, I was, I was dressed in a, I was dressed in a full uh, chicken outfit and I wrote this script. I like I wrote it and I like directed it kind of and um I was like the I was like this uh this mascot I was this I was like the the alpha mascot and I was like this rooster that steals this guy's girl and he's like a, a penguin mascot that's like hard on his yeah, luck funny. and we made a movie about like like ten minutes in the life of a of a, like a, a sad sack mascot and then ran across so the park. 
we like we like ran across the college campus. I was yeah, but I was ran across the college campus pretending to fight in mascot costumes, and we had to do fifteen takes of that. <laughs> yeah, it's just just to cast that as like a big budget movie and get like uh, Will Arnett and like Johnny Knoxville or something, you know? Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sold. It's good. That's Evergreen. <laughs> Back in college, my my roommate was making a, a film on uh like dorm security for for the college. And mm -hmm. he had me as the uh, the actor, and I was being this. Uh, he told me to be this dick and not let the other person in. And so, <laughs> at one point, like people just happened to be like walking into the dorm that we were filming at. So I just shoved the person up against the wall, <laughs> preventing them from moving. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not letting you in. <laughs> Bringing gatekeeping to a new level. Oh. Yeah, no, I wish I wish I had that. <laughs> But yeah, I, don't, I don't know where yeah, to go from there. But well, the spirit of independent filmmaking, I think, is like again, it's hard to think of. Like I would say, like this and El Mariachi are probably my two top examples of like what you can do with like almost nothing other than like a dream and like some passion and some skill. If, some if I could skill. real quick, I, I I just wanted to say too. I think well, it's and Clerks is like a third one. Clerks is another one. Too. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I didn't have that prepared. I was literally trying to think of movies on top of my head. I woke up 20 minutes ago. Sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to say one of the things I find interesting about this film, I like Forrest that you mentioned in the intro how um, John Russo and, and George Romero were kind of influenced by Iron Legend because I think it was about four years before Night of the Living Dead because Night of the Living Dead is 68. So four years prior in 64, there was a little movie called uh, the last man on earth, the last man with, on uh, earth. Vincent Price that came out and it's yes. basically night of the living dead in a lot of ways. I mean, technically they're yes. considered vampires in the movie, but they act like the ghouls, the undead do in night of the living dead. And not a lot of people remember that movie. And I, I, I enjoy it as a movie, but I think it, it says something. That's also supposed to be based on I am legend, right? Like that's, yes, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah. like the Omega man and the movie called I am legend. And they're all yeah. terrible adaptations of one of right. my favorite books of all time. But, but, but what I was going to say is, uh, you know, it's interesting that a movie that was made with, like, Vincent Price, who was a big star at the time, isn't as remembered as this, like, very small, low-budget movie budget, had yeah. a lot of amateur actors. And I think it is a testament to how much uh, this film was just... It was like lightning in a bottle. You know, it, it really is. Night of the Living Dead is lightning in a bottle. And I don't think there's been a lot of films made like it since. I mean, no one's ever been able to sort of replicate it. Certainly not with the level of influence, although the level of influence also includes like, uh, you know, pushing things forward with like sort of the gross out horror genre and whatnot and lots of knockoffs. And like, especially with Dawn of the Dead, there's the whole Italian zombie thing, which we talked about a little bit last year uh, when we had Renee on, I think for the first time, right? When we talked about Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I think but, I think the first time and then the second time was like two weeks later. We had her on for five hours. Yeah, yeah exactly. The infamous <laughs> five hour stream, which we're still doing, which we're still doing exactly in the other window. Well, we, we, we bitch about that constantly, but there's like so many streamers that do like you know like multi-weekly like six hour streams and it's like bro what the what, what are you doing it, it was mostly me bitching about it, that everyone else started doing it too because i was i was kind of doing it as a bit because i just thought about, I, I, it's not for me yeah and then then also like uh my, my wife had to go to bed and i was like taking up this space in the uh, uh where we're like you know um being loud and having lights on is not really conducive to sleeping so uh <laughs> like sorry i need to do this stream for the 17 hours it's real important. You're getting paid for it, right? Nope. Nope. Next Tuesday's my birthday, by the way. Oh shit! Happy, happy, happy! Almost birthday. Um, yeah. Who, who is it? Sorry, we're doing is that our is that our Matt Binder uh, episode that we're yeah doing? yeah that that should be really fun. 
Nice. Oh yeah, for uh, Return, right? Yeah. But uh, I, I will say this though, like zombie films obviously do get a bad rep because like a lot of people don't really understand like what is the purpose of a zombie of a corpse or like something that i'm resurrected i'm like well maybe my philosophy is that you know you only live one life and even if you do try to come back out of it it ain't gonna be the same not the same yeah you're not gonna be the same well i'm glad we started with this one rather than the the, the white zombie movie because first of all that movie sucks it's not good but like yeah, I watched, really I watched a few minutes of it when I was trying to put this together and <laughs> I watched not it too. I was like, oh god no it's, it's pretty you stick bad. to Dracula my my question is so white zombie isn't political but black zombie you made it political is that the <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yes Matt Walsh is still bad about black zombie <laughs> Ooh, black zombie that's for the rockers in the audience i had, but I, I, think had so many, they, I had so many white zombie jokes that i was gonna make on twitter and i was like don't do it don't do yeah. it don't <laughs> good taste won the day so to speak but i mean really the modern the modern zombie movie begins with this with this film so if we're if we're looking at the genre to start with the original night of the living dead it seems like absolutely obvious yes and yeah i know I, I mean i am legend as an idea this kind of one of my favorite vampire. books, but again, they've tried three times to put that into a movie. First of all, it isn't zombies; it's supposed to be vampires, and they've always got it wrong each time, but in different ways. They're cultists oh. and Omega Man. Uh, I am don't, the Will Smith one. Don't even get me started. Like they're, but they're yeah. chaotic. But the whole point of it is that they're like, oh, it's these are his neighbors and friends, and they're trying to like, you know, let me in, let me in. Remember that time we went to that barbecue? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Let me in so I can eat you. You know, and then you find out at the at the spoiler to everybody for a, a book written in 1950s is that at the end of it, like they finally capture him and. Like they see like all the vampires are like scared of him. Like he's the monster. That's the turnaround. Not yeah. one of these goddamn movies has come close to that, which is one of the best turnarounds in fiction. The original yeah. ending well, of I, uh the movie with Will Smith almost gets there. It, it's so close, and, and then it just falls out. I, yeah. I remember the I remember well, it's, the end. It's too shocking it. for society, yeah. right? Like I, yeah. I think it would be it, it, people would have to self-reflect on that ending. That's I what think, I've always been told by uh, people is that's why uh, they never we, did it. Are we way. the baddies? <laughs> right. I yeah. think though the Schwarzenegger uh Ridley Scott one that, that was uh in production in the nineties that never got made. Uh yeah, that may have gone cool. there, but uh we, you know we'll never know. Um I need to stop these vampires, they're everywhere, <laughs> they cannot get to me. <laughs> but it's it's just amazing that like yeah and all three of the movies there's something interesting about each of them i would say as film like omega man is probably the best film but that isn't saying yes. a lot it's not like it's great but it's a it's got its moments yeah and, he fights a like, giant it, scorpion it, right right he does like like getting like the loneliness of being like the only like man alive right like that's a these couple of them do that right but but the thing is like it's almost because they, the, uh, I can't wait for the Ben Shapiro remake on Daily Wire Plus, where he's the last, like it's the last man alive because everyone else has gone woke, and he's, <laughs> yeah, exactly, it's just Matt Walsh. <laughs> but it's, it's more of it's, a cop uh, out. I am legend. It's I am legend, but uh, you know everybody, everybody in society is like either gay or trans, and he's like, the last man. He's, he's and he's just canceled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the the but the thing about them turning into zombies is because they didn't have to address the social commentary of like, well, what if the person you've been rooting for is instead of being the protagonist is actually the the monster of legend uh, in this cult? And so because of that, all right, okay, 
Get it out of your system, people. Uh, the, but like again, as as mentioned, right? Like this act that actually predates uh, Night of the Living Dead. So there's like something in the zeitgeist for it. But it's what what that did sort of accidentally well. This took and like did on like a shoestring budget and uh, you know made a movie that actually still still works. It's still a pretty freaky movie. Even, even though there's certain things like the trowel. What's up with the trowel? Really? Okay, she's the, just, she's killing him now. Like she's not eating her, just the trowel. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, dad's she, arm. She well, she, she, she's she's full from her dad's arm. Yeah, yeah I was gonna I say she's so. filled up on her dad, and she's like, "I'm not hungry anymore." But like, there's my mom. I still want to kill, <laughs> so let's do that. Yeah. I have I mean, the. That, that, uh, she had the reverse Oedipus complex. She's like, I, I want to see an analysis of this movie where uh, Kyra Shone's character, the little girl, you know, killing her dad. That's like, yeah. you know, women rising up against the patriarchy. Oh, mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I, I, that's yeah, that was my first thought. I'm like, yeah, why, would this the Living Dead, why would you make Night of the Living Dead political? I hate yeah, everything. <laughs> see, see, I would have thought, you know, like, like, you know, it's like, oh fuck, my daughter's gone goth. Well, what's? I mean, there there are very few things that are creepier than a little girl who's uh like yeah. who's 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 killing right like that sure. is something that's yeah. been looked at over and over again in all kinds of uh movies i do like that the scene though where she stabs her mom a bunch of times is clearly a ripoff of uh psycho like the way that it shot i mean right I mean, you never actually it, see yeah you can do a whole movie night murder night october theme with like killer kids like the bad seed orphan exorcist the like, there's that's a whole yeah. theme in itself killer kids I finally watched The Brood this year, actually. Be murdering extravaganza junior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can do that oh. next year, Abdel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Orphan, that orphan night extravaganza. <laughs> we have to start with the bad seed, though. That's like the OG. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, you know, we, we've been sitting on this for a year. Because remember uh, when we did Slashers last year, mm-hmm. uh, I pitched either zombies or slashers. And we're just like, oh, oh, zombies is good. Let's do zombies next year. So. You know, we're There's doing a it part now. Of me that was like, are we still going to be doing this next year? I'm going to wait and see. I'm happy we are. I'm just saying, <laughs> there like, there was, there, was a, there was a part of me that was like, is this going to be a last thing or are we just going to be doing like, you know, a little bit of uh, these? Because remember, we did it at the, you know, it was pretty close to the beginning of uh, like the show existing. So I was like, yeah. is this going to be a show that, that we can keep going with a bunch of guests or like, is this? Apparently not with a bunch of guests, but no. Well, yeah, <laughs> makes just it like far know, better, I, right? Like I, I was still like a featured guest at that point. Like I limited on a couple times. I think. Yeah, no, day. but I think I think we started to hit our stride, uh, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, murder night extravaganza. So it's nice Great. to uh, be, you know, you know, a year later, here we are, and uh, are. you know, Please. let's 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 take it up a notch this month, people. Exactly. Yeah. More cocaine. More zombies. <laughs> So, but, but, uh, I, but, I, I but what I like about that, that month is, and, and what I like about this month is like taking it like through through the genre, right? Taking it from the beginning, and not necessarily like it's not going to be exactly sequentially, but like when you see things like a movie like Twenty Eight Days Later, technically not zombies, but like you know, where suddenly they're fast, right? Like that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Even though in Night of the Living Dead, at one point, like the one zombie is sort of like, it's like eh, it's you're moving faster than you probably should be because the rule set hadn't been put together yet. The rule set that gets taken apart. Over and over. Like, uh, okay. But uh, uh, <laughs> the said, way it's shot, uh, I said, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but but this is the one that kind of like to a certain degree sets a lot of the rules, right? As well yeah. as setting setting the rules of like, oh, it's these people and they're stuck in this house and they can't leave this house or it's a certain doom for them. 
which has been not just for zombie movies, but as like a horror characteristic, which we talked about that in Murder Extravaganza too. Like, I mean, that's such a common trope that's still being used to this day. And you know why? It's easy to shoot. And like, then you get to focus on like the interaction between the characters, right? Which obviously, yeah, which, means which also makes the the you know, I'm I'm really excited to talk on Christina's birthday, um, about the Dan O'Banion <laughs> style of zombies after talking about the George A. Romero ones because yeah, that is right. a very different. I mean, number one, it's the classic brains that makes them like you know a little bit less terrifying. You're like, oh, they can actually talk. A big part of what makes you know zombies right. terrifying is they cannot communicate with you, right? Like. Like animals can't communicate with you, and they relentlessly uh, attack you. Like not like in, like I'm, I'm saying like people are like afraid of getting attacked by animals because it's like you know you they're they are coming for you, but they're not communicating why they are coming for you. Yeah, like, they're yeah. just coming so, for you. Uh, like that, similarly, that was the line. <laughs> so so similarly though, like you know the Dan the Dan O'Banion style of zombie, right? That that goes around and says brains, like you know that that's been used on a lot of. Uh, uh, younger like for younger kids and stuff when it comes to you know selling halloween stuff and everything because it's a lot less yeah. terrifying if you're like well clearly they want brains like i can yeah what do they want know, I, I, don't I, I don't what do we it's want like, it's like occupy wall street <laughs> what do we want brains when do you want them now, now. yeah, yeah <laughs> when do exactly. we want them as soon as possible <laughs> well like well like really like soon with incremental change incremental brains sorry i'm sorry <laughs> what i remember about like Growing up with like the fascination with brains is that like in my Girl Scout troop we had like a little haunted house and you know how you have to wear like a little blindfold and guess what's inside the bowl or whatever and if something felt like brains it was like Jello and spaghetti noodles and I'm like oh yeah yeah I I've I've uh seen some stuff like that like um my mom always, but all these white well, women listening out the Jeffrey Dahmer is a red flag in my opinion. Yeah. When I when I was a when I was a kid, I remember uh, my mom wanted to do some like cute Halloween kind of thing, and there was like uh, there's like these these books that have like you know it's the eyes or something, and it's like you know you can make them out of whatever, and it's the brains. There's the, you put your hand in, and like you feel the brains, and then you feel the eyes, and it's usually like olives, oh, yeah. and like that freaks kids out and stuff. That kind of stuff is it, it's good fun, but uh, yeah. Messy hands, you know right? I I think that I think that the relentless drive of of zombies and zombie movies like the reason that it's terrifying for kids number one kids haven't confronted their own mortality which neither have adults like the idea that like one day you will die Wait, and then what? the idea that I will die it's like that kind of thing is like the gom jabbar and doom right like what we all have a secret fear of like okay you're putting your hand in a box and like what's in it you don't know so yeah. it's like your imagination fills in <laughs> What are you is. saying? Are you saying what's in the box? Brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. I will say this though, like with with, with the zombie like trope, like expanding and whatnot. Are you guys familiar with the show I Zombie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't seen all of it. But Based on a comic book. Yes, I like that because like she she is a zombie and she has to eat brains to help solve crimes. I'm like, this is great. This this show zombies can be good. <laughs> Well, I and I also I also like the uh, there was a time period. I mean, I guess we're still in that time period where everything had to have like a true crime element. So it's like she's a zombie, but she also solves crimes. And it's like you have every. Can you imagine being that pitch meeting? Yeah, like that's gonna be amazing. (laughs) She literally has to. uh, She. It's there's the one guy. There's the one executive that is a fucking zombie that's turned, and he's like, "So is she gonna be eating any uh, brains?" And the guy's like, "Yes, in fact, you know, she has to eat brains to survive." I'm in. I don't need to hear anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you got a green light from me. I will say this. I love that shot in black and white about this. Like, 
Yeah. I can't imagine well, it being in color. They there is a colorized version. I've not I've not I yeah. won't watch it, but there one does exist. I think it's on Tubi or something. And it, like somebody did it as a project or something, and I wish they hadn't because yeah. Well, the, but I will say this though. I'm glad the uh, first episode of The Walking Dead was then uh, desaturated into black and white because I think uh, yeah. it, it actually worked better as a black and white uh, uh, thing than than it did uh, in color. Even though, oh, okay, that's not me. Um, no. <laughs> That's no back, I, back when Darabont was doing it and like back when it was good, right? Before that, yeah, yeah, jumped the shark for the first of four times. Yes, yes, but it, it was good for a while. That's that's hard to that's hard to remember at this point, yeah, yeah. But that first season was just, yeah, it's joyless toil now, as far as I'm concerned. And I won't watch it, but <laughs> I brought my, to you by like, The Walking Dead AMC I, coming up, everybody. I uh, <laughs> I had I had like a rocky relationship with my mom in, in my early 20s, like we're really good now, but like uh, you know. When, when we finally started uh, bonding and like, you know, like fixing a lot of stuff, it was because I, I, I had moved out at the time. I was living in an apartment and I would come over every Sunday and we'd watch The Walking Dead. This was like, you know, this was like uh, season five or six, like around then when it was still like, you know, like kind of terrifying. But like we made our, our bonding, our like family bonding experience again, I guess, um, watching watching Walking Dead together. And so like I, I've always felt very extremely close to this entire genre. I mean, before that too, but like, uh, Walking Dead. I'm like, yeah, I've I've I have a soft spot. I've read all the comics too, and have my. I mean, well, let's talk. Well, we'll talk about that in the after party. I'm sure. But right. I, 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 maybe, I maybe someday it. we can let JG Michael talk too. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see <laughs> but the, so is, is so, he on the show? And then, yeah, yeah. And then, we should invite him on. No oh, shit, he's here. <laughs> but I'll jump already in the stream. After this. I have uh, <laughs> because Christina said, uh, you know, that she's happy that this movie was filmed in black and white. This is George Romero talking about the choice to film it in black and white because it was a choice, um, yeah. and you know, definitely cost related, but also definitely aesthetic too. I actually argued when we were making the film because we came to a point about a week into the film, about a week into the shooting the film, where we had some investment, and we tried to decide: well, we could switch to sixteen millimeter and go color and reshoot that week or stick with 35 and stay with black and white. And I argued at the time that the most brutal scenes that I've ever seen, one of the most gory things is the image of Brando after they beat him up in on the waterfront and he's got blood all over him. And I just, I felt that it, it was more gruesome. And I think that that had something to do with news with news because the news was all black and white at that time. There was no color of TV yet. And uh, I always felt that the, that black and white, the blood looked more real. And, and in color, most of the color blood was John Wayne blood, you know, and uh, not, not very realistic, a little too bright, a little too red. And I, I, I honestly felt that black and white blood looked gorier, and so I decided to stick with uh, black and white. Because when you look at the the blood and gore in Dawn of the Dead, it's it's cartoonish, it's, it, and I mean, as as gruesome as it is, it's it's still laughable. Yeah. So oh, it, it's meant to <laughs> exactly. It's supposed to be. It's meant to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any questions from you guys? Let's see. We have uh, we have uh, people with microphones here. Okay. So uh, I can't see yeah. anybody. Yeah, so. we've got some people. Here we go. We've got someone over here, I think. So they're going to run a mic over. That's not a problem we have in the show. 
<laughs> we have microphones and we are we are uh, we have We're questions. Constantly talking on them, yes. yes. <laughs> Which I have to say, uh, what do we want? Microphones. What do we want? Them brains. <laughs> one of the things about the uh, the comics of the blood um, also like uh, shows through in comics because if you look at like black and white comics, a lot of times blood is also depicted black, much like in this That's movie. Right. And uh, it kind Isn't of that the big thing with EC comics about how like when they were considered so vulgar. Why do they have to make blood political? <laughs> yeah, that you know that's actually true. Um, because I know there were a lot of um comic books that came out after the comic code that got around the comic code by being black and white and selling themselves as oh we're not comics we're actually just magazines with cartoons in them. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was how creepy and eerie got got around yeah. it was uh, yeah. to sell as uh, magazines on on the, uh, the the same racks as comics. I, uh, I, and I then was comic say, shops actually opened it up uh, and we had the black and white boom of the eighties. Uh, which is yeah. which is really where you yeah. see a lot of the blood, um, which is much much later. But uh, you know, go back and look at um, uh, Spain uh, Rodriguez, and, and uh, you know, I, I think I think his work's absolutely influential, and you could probably see his fingerprints of his work in this film. Definitely, definitely. I, I like how Ramiro there uh, sort of alluded to the fact that Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead do have this more. Um, I like when I first saw Dawn, I said, "Oh, this is like." This is supposed to be satirical. And it's kind of interesting because, um, yeah. you know, you look at Night of the Living Dead and then you look at the sequels. I think the sequels are more genuinely comedic, um, including Russo's unofficial sequels, like The, the Return of the Living Dead. Um, yeah. Whereas Night of the Living Dead is like a straight up horror movie. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of like the whole Evil Dead thing, right? Like if you watch the original oh, totally. Evil Dead, yeah. Evil Dead is actually like kind of a scary movie and there's some messed up stuff in it involving trees. But, you know, you get to the sequels and, and it's pencils. like, oh, this is comedy. As an artist, the pencil scene really like freaked me out in art school. Okay. Well, <laughs> that, you know, there were, there was also a tree rape scene, so that's a little there, more. There than wasn't. The, yeah, I, but I'm not worried about trees raping me. I am worried about getting stabbed with a pencil. You know, okay. Old Forest, Old Forest wasn't there to tell Thanks the trees. Thanks for chiming in. Chill, chill the fuck out. There's consent involved. You know, <laughs> they, couldn't, they couldn't see the forest through the trees. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, yeah. It's the first time I've ever used that reference instead of somebody else yelling that reference at me. So, how did you feel about it? Think it went well? Uh, you know, mediocre. Um, <laughs> I would I would give it a a uh, a five out of ten. I think. Yeah, you just throw up in your mouth a little bit, and that's it. We can move <laughs> on. Now. But but even like the you can be the boss. The forest through the. The forest through the. <laughs> even even though you can be the boss down there and boss up here, that's a funny line. That's a hilarious line. Like that's, it's, I mean, if you, if you stop and think about it, it's, it's good. But for, what I love about it is it's something that like people will in crisis situations say things that are funny. I do it all the time, you know, uh, but I mean, it's, it's like, a funny line, but also the, the racial dynamics of it too. Like, you know, sure. But the point is, but that's not the point. The point is that like he was yeah. talking about, like he, there's comedic elements to it. People forget about that because the, because the horror aspects of it are so shocking that there are comedic and it, something can be scary something can be funny and something can be like politically you know moving the needle all at the same time and that's one of the things yeah. that this, but this movie does it's too comedic is like oh yeah there's definitely there i don't know it's like it's like pornography you know when you see freddy's it. dead the final nightmare i don't want to talk about that one yeah not great not i mean great. one 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 moment in this Killing i think here people I, I don't know if it jumps the shark or anything but uh... happy freddy's dead to all who celebrate but not for me <laughs> yeah Though there's the 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 there's the fact there's just one naked zombie walking around, which I guess would make sense. I noticed that when I was watching this, I was like, "Is that a bare butt zombie?" 
Yeah. Do I get to be but, naked in this film? Great. And and they censored it in all the promotional stuff and like on TV and stuff that, you know, there's just a zombie that has like booty, you know, hanging out or whatever. And yeah. it, it really? makes sense. I mean, it makes sense if you're thinking about people dying and like someone died in the bathtub or something. And we'll talk about this with zombie land. Like, uh, I think booty, the, booty, the booty everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, the, the fact that people are just kind of dying whenever and you can't really control that and like not knowing what's going on with this. Like, I mean, they're like, good. There could be a whole spinoff of this specific zombie character who died in the bathtub. Did they commit suicide? Was exactly. it a drowning? Like we we don't know. Every zombie has a story to tell. Exactly. Steve's Tale Vision series, a prequel, if you will. Yeah. I, I mean, that was the actually the strength voices. of that that first season of uh, <laughs> The Walking Dead is that they kind of continued this because I mean, really, every Romero film, and and they even got ridiculous with like Day of the Dead with the football player zombie. You know, I, I'll never forget the uh, the Hare yeah, Krishna zombie in Dawn. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Krishna, but, but they, they, they threw them in there because it's funny. About that with, uh, but also, we did. You know, uh, it, it's funny, but also like like there, it, it creates like a deeper lore. Like like it feels like the world is more lived in, and that was like uh, you know one of the strengths of The Walking Dead too uh, was that they borrowed heavily from this concept of like yeah. every zombie has a story to tell, and then they actually went through and did some uh, miniseries telling the stories of the zombies. Um, there's also a timeline to it, right? Like, there's there's a timeline where, um, you know, this is like right as this is happening. Like, everyone's recently like, I, and George A. Romero's talked about this. They couldn't really afford to do like, you know, the uh, Tom Savini version of things where it's like, you know, interesting, intricate zombies. Like their version of it has to be like zombies who have just died. Uh, they couldn't afford to make people like come out of the gravestones, like because of course they couldn't. Um, so it's like th these are what people is this? who have... the budget of thriller. <laughs> so, but like for that to be, uh, you know, for that to be like the main thing, they have to be lived in because obviously you don't die and then start decomposing, like you know, instantly unless somebody throws you in a river or something, I guess. But like, uh, you know, your oh, yeah. your normal de de decomposition rate, which uh, you know, is not very. Uh, it's not very fast, like in in that sense. Like you'd just be getting up, and you'd have to have a story to tell. Like you're you're not you know you're not you're not dying and then becoming anonymous and having your face ripped off unless you're uh, like you know the the dad in this or the fucking uh, girl in Nope that gets her face ripped off by the, by the chimpanzee. If, <laughs> if you're in out in the heat, you are more likely to decompose a lot faster because that's what happened with the victims of Jonestown. Like they were so their bodies were bloated and so like it was hard to even like. They just had drink so much Kool Aid and oh my god, you know. and your hair and your nails still continue to grow as well. Which you know what I, I was gonna say too. Uh, Wait a minute, isn't that a demon thing? Because I learned that in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I I'm not a demonologist, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> I was I was gonna say uh, one of the things that I think makes Night of the Living Dead really interesting is um, it's sort of like the zombies are really in the background a lot of the time, right? Like really, it's the human interactions. I mean, I'll put it this way: I find Harry Cooper's uh, the the Harry Cooper character, the dad, more frightening than the zombies in some ways. Sure. I'm like, dude, you're gonna get everyone killed. You're an asshole. And he's the first one of those. The first one of yeah. the trope of of like, oh, you're you're a liability. Like you're. And like, how many times have we seen that? And not even just horror movies, but just the the person was like, "Oh god, this is not going to end." Well. That scene yeah. where he's he's like talking to his wife, she's like, "You always have to be right, don't you?" That's what it's all about for you. I was like, "This is probably the conversation that Ben Shapiro and his wife have sometimes." <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'm, I'm going to indulge this one time and this one time only. He would totally be that guy in the horror movie. 
We we yes. are saying we are staying down in the basement. There are no black people allowed down here. Um, He's and, even got uh, an annoying you know. voice, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but but the other thing, uh, j just so people know, I, I love the, uh, I love the banter between I love the banter between him and his wife. Like it, it's it feels very realistic. Like she's just like I'm tired of you, and he's like I don't we don't like living with each other. Like they're clearly uh, their marriage is fraying before it's this. Not the first time thing. they've had that conversation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, and then in the uh, the remake too, that's, the, uh, that's uh, me and the Cooper's in the future. Mr. When the, Cooper's when the death. Zombie apocalypse happens. <laughs> His the, death uh, in the 1990 version is the greatest thing ever. It is hilarious. It is deeply cathartic. Yes. Go on. <laughs> yeah. No. In the 1990 version, at the very end, um, he survived by hiding in the attic. Comes down after all the zombies are killed, and then um, Barbara shoots him in the head. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I found another one. <laughs> that was it, Barbara. It's always someone named Barbara. <laughs> I, I mean I I do like I do like like it is the time if you're gonna like you know kind of push somebody to their death or something like low key or something you know what I mean like the the, the zombie apocalypse is like a perfect no, like, low key push them to their death you know well no just like weird about you like like you know you push you push your uh, yeah, annoying yeah, yeah. your annoying like your annoying uh, control freak husband just into the into the zombie yeah. horde and you're like oh yeah there oh, you go no, yeah. he slipped oh my god. <laughs> Which I think happened to uh, in the first season of Walking <laughs> Dead too, which was great. <laughs> so this there's not gonna be that guy. That show. guy though, that guy was like abusive though. You know what I mean? Like this is this is. Yeah. I was I was just going for like a more irritating kind of thing where it's like, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> like Larry David in a zombie movie. And he's just the people's annoying him that day. Like he just oh you tripped. Huh? <laughs> but he's I, I, pretty, I pretty pretty dead. <laughs> so way 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 early on we talked about like first exposure so to speak of Ned Living Dead so I before I actually saw the movie I saw the they're coming to get you Barbara scene which I was like whoa what's this movie gonna be about and like I didn't I only had seen that like one like like a, it was like a clip of it or something right and like for years I didn't see it but I knew that one clip and I was like wow what so I had like my mind to sort of fill in like what it was and I was like oh it's zombies because that point I knew what a zombie was right but like but I, I as a kid I saw that I'm like wow this that's crazy and i thought that like the brother was gonna figure in the movie a whole lot more than, than he does and he does and it's important but I, I was like i was like oh i thought this is gonna be like a wildly different kind of film but i like that you know maybe you know andy and i's generation is are, are like the last ones where we don't have everything permanently spoiled for us immediately uh like upon like entry to the internet and like to have that ability to be like wow this looks interesting i wonder what it is uh, rather than like, hey, it's this, it, it's better than this, it's worse than that. You know, here's like five people on the internet talking about it. You know, one of them is called Incremental Brains is a nickname. Uh, you know, like it, 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 it's, it, it's, I don't know if, if kids necessarily get that same experience or it hits the same way, but I think as a movie, it still works. And that's one of the reasons why it's actually a classic. Like this is a classic to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there, the, I guess the other, the, the, the flip side to that is there's very few movies I think that are gen genuinely like, Hey, you have to see this if you want to understand how this genre, uh, right. changed over time. And for, you know, no, no matter what, whether you know that stuff happens in, in this movie specifically like i think this is one of those movies where like the internet could be very useful in telling people like no you like you have to see this movie like you have to uh if you want to understand where this genre comes from if you want to understand the roots of like you know every single zombie movie since then you have to watch this specific movie and i mean dawn of the dead too but like 
you know, not not the number two, but Dawn of the Dead as well. Um, you know, well, to, well, right, yeah. right, but but they're not like you know. There's also like things like you know we talk about the rules and stuff like that. Like the newscaster was like, oh, you know, like the ghoul. They even call him a zombie. Can be killed with like a shot in the head or a heavy blow to the skull. Just like it's like a throwaway line, right? Which canonically establishes the way the zombies are killed. Therefore, in all of media through all time, amen. Just as like, oh yeah, yeah, we need wait, need need to get it out there that there's a way to kill them. Right? <laughs> yeah, like well, <laughs> just, just throw that the uh, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, you just read, and then you have, the, you have uh, the the famous scene like Shaun of the Dead, where he's like, "The way to kill these are, it seems, to uh, destroy the head or the brain." And yeah. he's like, <laughs> "Chop off the head won't really necessarily work." Yep, chopping That's off the head doesn't work, but yeah, I mean, well, which it is weird because you the head in. <laughs> it does stop the body from going, and as long as you got good shoes on, you're okay. Because yeah. I mean, because it's the brainstem. I mean, you know, Run scientifically, like I guess, or whatever, it's the brainstem that continues its activity. So by severing the brainstem, the head would still work because reasons. Yeah, <laughs> but then the body stops working, so it's good. It's like you have an immobile head that can still bite you, but whatever, the head's on the ground. Unless you're going by O'Banion rules, where doesn't the body keep going and <laughs> turn the living dead, even though the head goes off? Yeah, cool. I, I'm just thinking yeah. about reanimator now. Headless zombies. <laughs> oh man, yeah. what's the one with the uh, insects that that uh, talk uh, about lack of consent? Parts? Am I right? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a recent uh, horror movie, uh, recent zombie film where where actually like all the body parts are coming to life, and they have this amazing scene where like they're they're in a convenience store, they lop off a zombie's hand, it stays at the convenience store, and then that starts killing people in the store. It's like the freakiest thing you've ever seen. It's it's great. Sometimes you got to do things by hand, I guess. I mean, you can't always you can't always have it done automatically for you. Um. I, I got to say something before we wrap up here, because, uh, you know, I know that that like Barbara's <laughs> character, the character of Barbara is not like the most empowered female we've seen on screen. But I totally relate to her reaction to all of this. It's like, I don't know if zombies just attacked my house right now. I would probably be pissing my pants. Yeah, you're, really queuing up, you're queuing up the clip that I was going to play actually perfectly <laughs> because uh, this is this is the actress that played uh, – well, the actress and actor that played – Judith uh, Lee. Yeah. Uh, Johnny and Barbara going back to the graveyard on the 40th anniversary and talking about you know how, how this movie impacted them and changed their life. But she kind of says a similar thing. Like this is a, a, a true reaction, I think, to what <laughs> I would be doing in, in this specific situation, which is kind of right. fascinating. You know there actually well it's uh you know there actually was nothing wrong with the radio it was the station (laughs) (laughs) all the exposition that was set up whether it it was a shot of your glove or it was a shot of the radio and the static it all added to the storyline didn't it absolutely all those little insert shots led up to uh well here we are back here 40 years later <laughs> and isn't and, this where uh, you put the the wreath this was the this was the wreath uh that we drove all the way from the city to put it out here. that's right i wonder what happened to the one from last year each year we spend good money on these things we come out here and the one from last year is gone well the flowers die and the caretaker or somebody takes them away Shooting the film was broken up into segments. We shot all summer, then there was an hiatus. We came back in the fall. To be honest with you, I never got frustrated with that. It was really a part of the process. That's a part of filmmaking. 
Keep in mind too, I was a young actress who really didn't have experience under a belt, many, many films to draw from. This was new, it was exciting, it's where I wanted to be. Anything that came my way, whether it was long hours, whether it was waiting two months to go back and readdress a scene that was already done, didn't bother me. I, I loved doing it. The whole process, though long and arduous, was, it was exciting. It was fun. Barbara became on the screen, or as we shot, her character grew from all our little side discussions. What George pictured, what was happening at the moment, Barbara evolved every time we shot a scene. She was not created prior to coming into the shooting of the film. Oh, I'd like to leave. Yes. When I was 23 years old, and really not knowing the whole story from beginning to end, how George was picturing Night of the Living Dead to unfold, I took Barbara, as I said, a scene at a time. I think Barbara had to do what she did. She had to go inside to figure out how to deal with something that was so horrendous that had never happened before. I like what she did. There were some people who might grab a, a grenade or an Uzi and shoot everybody up on the spot. Barbara wasn't that kind of a gal. She had to think about it. She had to find herself again and then come back on, on force. I love that about her. I would like to think that a good part of Judith is like that too, especially today. It's, it, for me, it's, it's quite touching to be here with you yeah. back in this very same spot. And I know for sure, I never had any inkling that 40 years after the fact, we would be standing here with a film crew talking about our work 40 years earlier. None at all. But I can tell you this, I'm extremely grateful it's happened that way. Yeah, Sweet. that's my girl. Long live Barbara. No, I, I appreciate the fact that uh, she she's willing to defend her choices as an actress. And, uh, you know, yeah, we didn't necessarily need the uh, uh, the Barbara murdering. I'm sorry? And be proud of her work. Yeah, no, I, I'm happy about that. Because, cause like, I, I don't know if uh, the remakes Barbara's choices are uh, necessarily the right ones either. But I, I do, like, uh, I completely appreciate the fact that, you know, Barbara was, like, in shock through a good portion of it, as most people would be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a natural response to trauma, like, for a certain at least kind of person to go within themselves and not really have the ability to... Uh, like, you know, react to it because it's so traumatic and it's so unknown. And, yeah. uh, you know, you've watched your uh, brother possibly, I mean, you will find out later, definitely die. But like, you know, like you've watched your brother 
get taken down by this. You have to go, you run. And I, I don't think that you can necessarily like some guy just attacked him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure they haven't been through very much stuff. Like they're just bitching about the car radio and the car and like, you know, going to the graveyard and their family stuff. And like, it, it doesn't seem like they are characters who have experienced a lot of, um, a lot of trauma. They're not characters that have, uh, you know, kind of been into the, into these dark situations. And for that to happen and be so traumatic, I think that it makes sense that a certain character uh, reacts that way. Although I do also understand why George A. Romero and why uh, women that watch this aren't happy that, you know, she's kind of the main woman in this, that's just catatonic through most of it. I mean, I don't think that that's a purposeful catatonic. thing necessarily with, yeah, <laughs> perfect timing. <laughs> I don't think that's a, a purposeful, like, Hey, this is a woman and that's why she reacted this way kind of thing. But like, right. I can see why it's taken that way, especially when a black man is the lead character and is so strong and assertive. And, uh, you know, it's just literally just puts like the white guy that walks upstairs and like mopes upstairs or whatever, like in this place, like I can see why a woman watch this and be like, okay, like a, like a black guy got uh, this amazing role. Like, why are you not giving a woman a, a more assertive role? And why are you just kind of doing it as a, um, you know, like I'm scared and, and going into myself kind of thing. Like this is before the final girl was invented. Okay. People like chill out. Yeah. It's 68. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's 68. Yeah, we got another it's, not even, it's not even 69 yet. <laughs> now, I was going to say it's interesting, though, too, because uh, the, the, I, I actually kind of um, – I like the remake, but I also think it goes, like, too far in the other direction of, like, just, like, some total badass. Like, I, I, I would like characters that are like, um, like Ripley from Alien. So I always thought Ripley could be vulnerable at times, but she could also be a badass, like – yeah, I don't well, like the flat characters as much. I mean, I mean kind of the original evolution girl. in the uh, yeah. in the remake, where where you know she is kind of tatatonic at first, and then true, becomes yeah. you know when she snaps out of it, becomes that badass. But like you know, no, I take your point. I, I think uh, I, I think it it uh, it did go too far in the opposite direction. Um, I, I do think there there is a bit of an evolution. It makes sense in the film, but like it also like uh, you know it's like. Yeah, I see what you I see what you're doing, Romero. Um, but because uh, Romero did write this movie, even though he didn't direct it. Uh, but you know, so yeah, and, so, and he's you know you're looking back on it and you're like, well, I have a, a great uh, you know a, a, like someone who does makeup really well, like special effects and stuff directing this. Like I can kind of make up for some of the stuff that people have criticized over the years. I don't know. I always think that having uh, yourself write your own remake though is the best thing. Like you because you have a very different set of i know i'm not saying it's not, i'm just saying like you have yeah. a very different set of um uh critiques i think than other people do right like you're like oh yeah. i don't like this i don't like that and like he's been open about that like uh he, he was watching it or something in one of the live streams that i watched and he's he's introing it and he's like all i see now are my failures or whatever and things <laughs> i wish i had done better and it's like dude this is like one of the most influential movies of all time like calm down a little bit like <laughs> don't knock yourself down. like seriously i hate when people do that but but I mean, as an artist, I truly uh, I completely agree with that feeling because you know people will be like praising my Michael Brooks book cover, and I'll just be like, yeah yeah, uh, that that one's fine. <laughs> what? It's great. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it's hard to see anything anything about that. I mean I don't know, but like I, I'm just saying like that's why writing your own remake isn't always the best thing because you have critiques of yourself that other people might not, or you that other people you can't beat like, the original. You just can't. You can't recreate magic. No, but but like I said, there was there was there's actually good reasons why they they uh, made the remake. Uh, you know, far better than Night of the Living Dead in 3D. Um, 
skip that. Just just don't even don't even. Think oh, I mean, like Jaws 3D. I was no, going to say the no, remake Jaws. was only one of like a million different attempts they made to like remake the money they lost from it going public domain. I mean, there yeah. was even they did like a Night of the Living Dead 30th anniversary release where they insert it like new footage. I think John Russo filmed it with like a uh, Scream Queen Debbie Rashawn, and it was like a framing story that they put in. And they were able to say, oh, we can copyright this 30th anniversary edition to make money off this. <laughs> Where you know, they've done remakes, they've done like yeah. reimaginings with like added scenes. It's insane. I, I mean, what you gotta understand is like making a movie like, like one where they insert just investment. Ronald Reagan in there. They insert Ronald Reagan and he's you know, he's uh he's he's trying to eat brains and he can't really like figure it out because he has Alzheimer's and the Alzheimer's somehow it's still going on, even though he's a zombie. Going even when he's a zombie, apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Well, <laughs> okay, so so cool. And the nice thing is we're going to be able to get Jelly to a lot. Beans. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to be able to get to a lot. <laughs> we're going to be able to get to a lot of this during the course of the month because again, some of this stuff is is things that sort of establish over time, right? But I, I think the important thing to do, and I think it's not done enough, is this movie is not examined enough on its own as a film. Not, I think its influence is so profound. And so comprehensive, the people tend to not think of it as a film. And this is a a well made, low budget film as as a thriller, you know, as a character study. Like it's, is it perfect? No, but it was it, like I said, nineteen sixty eight. Romero got better. He realized that. He even corrected it in Dawn of the Dead. Like it, it started getting better. Right. The next the next film, and I think that it's. I'm not going to sit and make excuses for it, but you know, as a film, I think it's a four star film. But as influences five stars like easy out of five to be clear yeah i mean i i think that there's something very nice and simplistic about the you know it's seven people in a house like it doesn't need to go farther than that they don't need to yeah. i mean i'm happy that dawn of the dead and uh, day of the dead i re just rewatched the other day more than anything else that movie the fucking cast is huge and oh yeah yeah almost there are people yeah but the fact but, that like, the dolphins have things uh, <laughs> yeah but like, but, but like, but know, like so, to that point, like, why is Twelve Angry Men, which is one of my favorite movies, such a great movie? Because it's literally just people in a room, like you know, interacting yeah. with each other. So, arguing. Like, just, just from a, I, I was gonna say, just from a filmmaking standpoint, you know, Night of the Living Dead '68 is just a really badass accomplishment. I mean, you know, it's basically like ten guys got together from what was I think Image was the name of the company they put together. Mm -hmm. and, and they got investors and then they got like a second set of investors and half the people that invest it are also in the movie, you know, yeah. like Rush Schreiner is Johnny, uh, Carl Hardman is, is Mr. Cooper. I mean, it, it's this huge one of them collaborative is, uh, effort on a shoestring budget. It's a massive accomplishment, uh, in terms of an indie film, which people have tried to emulate, uh, inheritance from his uncle that. <laughs> <laughs> had the super eight camera that you first right. kind of start with <laughs> and filmmakers have tried to emulate it over and over again and it's usually terrible yes. but sometimes sometimes it isn't but like like most things that are like you know these kinds of like indie you know diy sort of successes like the output of it the people trying to recreate it is going to generally not be anywhere close to it but Every once in a while, you'll see something like interesting and cool that happens that somebody kind of can push it forward, which is foreshadowing for some of the. By the way, we got to say happy birthday to you know the emo dragon over there. It was his birthday yesterday. Okay, oh, happy birthday emo! Happy birthday emo dragon! Happy birthday emo dragon! I love the name. Love to love yeah. to see it. Love to see it. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like 
this movie kind of almost feels in some ways like a music, not like a music video, but like a short, like a short film, like kind of in the like, way that really? it's shot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, but, but like the way that it's shot feels You're like. I went um, there immediately. Because <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Michael Jackson hated the, the, the term video. It was always called a short yeah. film. <laughs> so, but like, so for this, it's one of those things you can't really, it's not like you can remake that, right? Like, you just have a really good music video idea or something that no one's done before and you shoot something like cool that doesn't require a lot of uh you know a lot of people involved in it and it's just people kind of hanging out at the house you can't like remake that uh you know shot by shot and have it work in the same way that you did with your original one like it's something that's uh you know it's a one shot you found the fire you found the lightning in the bottle not that you but, can't but like you know things. the other examples yeah. of like like those guerrilla filmmakers like they did the same thing of uh, picking like one location for the most part uh, and uh, setting yeah. up all the conflict there. So that's why Clerks work. That's why Evil Dead works. Uh, yep. So on and so forth. Well, and also like there, there's almost uh, like, zombie. It's zombie mumblecore in a weird way. <laughs> so there, there's a thing where like the basement, like the cellar, is not in that house. They filmed that at a different location, but they they needed like for the script they needed to have like the cellar obviously for you know some zombies reasons. That that was actually a second location. Like that door, you like had enough room to like go into that door and like not be on camera basically. And then they just had a totally different like building that was like downtown or something that they filmed like all the cellar stuff in, which I think is amazing. That's actually something I didn't know before like the rewatch uh, recently. Uh, with the commentary and I was like wow that's awesome because like they need they needed it and then like the house that they were using didn't have it so all right I blame I blame the uh the meddling of the church for plan nine from outer space not working personally wow. plan nine rules what are you talking about <laughs> yeah I mean it, it worked very well in its way um there you know, there's like, actually some brilliant shots in plan nine there's yeah, some brilliant and, and like would, moments yeah so I mean that unironically too no, yeah. no, I, I hear you, and I think we actually should cover Ed Wood at some point. But uh, yes. what I, what I would say We're talking is talking about it for a while. <laughs> but what I would say for for the like why like why does a Plan Nine work? There's a certain uh, expediency that leads to inattention to detail, and so what people focus on are like you know okay the UFO with like you can see the string and, and things along those lines, and it's like the kind of thing where it's un it's unfairly maligned, but also like the, the attention to detail is here. Right. That's one of the reasons why this like works. I mean, there's certain things where it's like, hey, why, you know, why is that one zombie hauling ass? Like, well, they the way they cut it doesn't look like he's hauling ass. So, like, it actually works out well. You know, like, why is um, yeah, you've never seen the original Dawn of the there's only, first of all, there's only one Dawn of the Dead. There's some movie that calls itself Dawn of the Dead by Zack fucking Snyder, which is not terrible. And no. I would maybe like it Zach if it was called Snyder something sucks. else. Zach but Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, the only the one and true Dawn of the Dead is one of the best movies of all time. Emo. And and for uh and for for emo, you can actually uh, find it for free on YouTube. Um, they have yeah. the, the entirety of Dawn of the Dead because I remember I didn't have that much money when we started this. I still don't, but like you know, I remember finding on started <laughs> from the bottom at all at a little lower the than the bottom. Started at, <laughs> started at the bottom. Now I'm here, the bottom. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, the bottom. but I remember I found it and I was like, holy shit! Like it's the entire like two hour movie is on uh youtube but stevie was being sarcastic with the comment about plan nine from outer space well i think it's, it's i think it's worth exploring earnestly though because i think and that's one of the reasons why ed wood as a film was kind of is i think pretty good because it, it doesn't it doesn't just like hit the laughing stock angle 
like, hey, here's this guy. Look at this idiot trying to make a movie. You know, like it, it's sort of like you get like his enthusiasm, his his love for filmmaking that does come across with some inc incredibly composed scenes that also just there's just the expediency to which he's blasting forth with stuff. It's like, yeah, he can probably. He was getting he was getting lots of money from like the church though, and it's funny yeah, that they like wow. they're like. You'll insert like a slightly religious message to some part of this, or like that's how we can uh, justify giving you a bunch of not a bunch of money, but like a little bit of money to make a movie like this. Um, but also, you know, we uh, we watched uh, the intro I did, you know, old Bella Lugosi, White Zombie. It's not like <laughs> it's not like not the, great. That, that part of his career was great either. <laughs> yeah, oh, you got Bella Lugosi. Yeah, did you see what he did the last time? It's not so not so awesome. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, also, you oh, know, are you guys it, making a horror movie about heroin? <laughs> or more... <laughs> Man of the Golden Arm, but with uh, zombies. <laughs> uh, I yeah. So, and, and, well, and I forgot what the original uh, point frame that was. But like, uh, you know, I, I think as a Mor Morpheus, Morpheus is the fucking fellow that goes to is on morphine as a vampire movie. <laughs> <laughs> the economical filmmaking, we'll call that, and the, and the DIY spirit again, and, and the style of like you know what later uh, was done with Barbara Rodriguez and El Mariachi, Kevin Smith and Clerks, things along those lines. I mean, it's it's you guys are not laughing. But it, it's it also funny. just technically well made in a lot of ways. I think <laughs> like just yeah. the, the use of shadows, some of the camera shots. Um, he just does. I mean, in a way, it gets avant garde at times. You know, mm -hmm. so I think there's a lot of technical skill in what Ramiro did here too. That was that was the. That was the joke. That... Mm. All right. Oh. You, you ground you ground the show to a cult to acknowledge it. So acknowledge. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. All right, we got that acknowledged. Good. We can move on now. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that Ed Wood was actually pretty talented, considering like the lack of resources that he had as a director and yeah. the lack of uh, ability to actually write a script that you know that like a church official wasn't um the lack of the <laughs> official that like like whatever without without church permission like i mean you know i mean we're, we're looking at it right now with like evangelical ass people you know and how actually stringent they are about everything like that those are the people that he was dealing with for the funding sources to make these like kind of flamboyant uh horror like you know everybody's kind of hanging out it, pretty much it's the monster mash <laughs> plan nine at least where it's just i, I like, wonder how those churches felt when he started making like nudie monster movies like orgy of the dead he probably should have sent them copies of that but like haha <laughs> you funded my other movies check, check out my latest business <laughs> <laughs> what? oh i mean i'm into it but oh <laughs> um he's kind of he's kind of fascinating though and i, I want to do i want to cover the johnny depp version of it I also like that they have uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Orson Welles. Oh, as a uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the most hideous man alive. <laughs> I've <laughs> I have not seen that film in so long. I, I mean, I think I actually have it on like you know one of those two VCRs. You tape it on the ELP SLP version. There's like six hours of movies. It all looks like shit. Like one of those VHS tapes, probably downstairs. But I haven't seen it in years. <laughs> Thank you. I, I have it on VHS. <laughs> um, I have it upstairs because I still have my VCR upstairs. Um, I have Ed Wood. That's one of the movies that like I have on. Uh, I, I don't even know if I knew what it was about when I got it. I was like, Tim Burton and Johnny Depp made another movie. And I bought it like a library fair or something. <laughs> it's 
It's about this guy, Ed. He's a carpenter. I love it. I've watched it a bunch of times. I fucking like it a lot. That movie's great. <laughs> but, like, it was one of those, like, library fair finds that you're like, this seems like it's kind of cool. It's Johnny Depp. It's Tim Burton. You're like, oh, shit, this movie's great. <laughs> uh, the, the one that I don't like that I people, found. People are saying that more. Is, uh, is What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Not a fan of that. That movie fucking sucks. I do like Killing mean, like, Gilbert. I like uh, I like autistic uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's funny, but I, I still want uh, what's eating Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gilbert. <laughs> um, yeah, but like uh, I, I want to cover that movie at some point. But getting back to Night of the Living Dead. Um, yeah. Oh, what a good idea! This is, uh, this is something that I found, and I and I really wanted to play this. Um, this is uh, Dwayne Jones, the the guy that played uh, Ben. This is they were talking to him. They inter- there's only like one big interview I think with him that like exists where they talk to him for a really long time. So I cut uh, two minutes for now, and I cut a couple minutes for the after party. Persona that I have some in some instances deliberately created just to have the space in which to have a private life is a lack of gratitude. It's not, but it is my absolute insistence that I be seen as a total human being and not as Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben didn't even really have a biography. Where was he coming from? Yeah, he just pulled up in front of the house. Really. He was there, yeah. You know, yeah. Ben was just passing through. Um, <clears throat> have you seen any of the other living dead pictures? Not only have I never seen any of the other Living Dead pictures, I have never seen another George Romero picture. But then I've never seen a Woody Allen or an Eddie Murphy picture either. So, I mean, it's not that I am avoiding them. It wasn't as Living Dead. That's what it was. That's my time. You know, those were my friends in college. I came, I did it. That's my destiny, even if you like. And I'm... It has never occurred to me to be sorry that I did it. Even when I wanted people to leave me alone about it, I never regretted that I did it. I never was sorry that I did it. I did it knowing what it was. I did it knowing the people. I did it knowing some of the risks. And I have never been sorry that I did it. I've never said that to anybody before because nobody's ever set the question up to me before that way. You know, do you regret having done it? Um, no. Well, I didn't ask that. No, no, no. <laughs> I talked I myself into asking it to did. see if I did. And I must say, honestly, no, I don't regret. Do you have a copy of the picture? As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> nice. By the way, I haven't given up on Bang as a for as a you know a drink that can reverse mental retardation. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I think I said you haven't given up and given them as a sponsor because all the free time they get on the screen, they ought to be. Yeah. No, there's a there's a <laughs> Andy, Andy seventy eight. I, I guess there was a lawsuit and Monster sued Bang and alleged that one of the claims that Bang made is that they are, their their drink can reverse mental retardation. But Monster can't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there you go. So I'm just saying I haven't given up on it. I haven't given up on the effects, the mental mental clarity. Exactly. Um not to do the show. (laughs) (laughs) I have a what podcast? Um no, so there's I I think 
you know, there, there's been a lot of uh, thought given to the fact that Dwayne Jones had kind of a, a sad life or a, a tragic life, I guess. He was um, incredibly intelligent. He was like a college professor. He was friends with them when they were in college. Um, and, you know, he died very young. And uh, it's interesting to hear him talking uh, about this because it seems like he's talking about it at one point. Um, I don't know whether it's in, I think it's in this uh, clip that I played and not in the other one, but about like his friends from jobs or whatever that have uh, watched it with him. And they don't like, it's not something that they registered that he was in. And then finally he shows them. And like, it's kind of fascinating to me that he has like a whole, uh, you know, a whole story that he doesn't really want to be that attached to something that he could, if he really wanted to have made into like a, a lifelong, like I was in, you know, Night of the Living Dead and like, you know, turn that into a career and he decided i, I mean like, oh, also like like if you remember uh fanboy 13 uh which was just a episode we did last uh halloween yeah deborah you know. 40s yeah yeah yes um you know uh that that's the the path he could have taken was to be part of that convention scene that that was featured in that film and yeah, i mean that wasn't as big i mean he died in 1988 so it's i mean like i i would i went to a media con in 86 uh where i met robert england and, and leonard nimoy so you know um they, they they were they weren't quite the same big big deals where where people could actually make a living off of it like they so are. When's Robert Eaglin coming on the? Uh... I mean, right now he's doing like conventions, so. Yeah, well, he can make good money at that because you know that's it's, they sell the headshots and and. He's getting, uh, he's getting too old to play Freddy Krueger, unfortunately. <laughs> He'll always play hey, in my heart. I'm I'm here to I'm here to <laughs> to. Hey, well, I know who get, he's saying Kevin Bacon could be a successor, but I'm like, nah, Kevin Bacon's still old. You gotta get someone like Dan Stevens. He he'll do anything for horror. Like he's got. Yeah, to- I feel like there's a lot of people that you could get to play Freddy Krueger that are younger. I don't think they, they go as low as <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Yeah, he's too old. No offense. I mean, I love Kevin Bacon too, but you know, yeah, I, I'm with you there. <laughs> um, I I was gonna say, uh, yeah, Dwayne Jones is interesting too because. Not only is he in Night of the Living Dead, but he's also in what I would consider one of the most important um, black avant-garde uh, art house films of the 70s, which was Gonjan Hess, which is like a vampire romance. Uh, Spike Lee later remade it as The Blood of Jesus. Uh, but I mean, you know, not many people are into, I mean, I, I consider that a very important film. And if you were to talk, talk to black scholars about it, like Ishmael Reed, they have held that film as, as very important to black cinema. Um, so he's in two films that I think are like really historical monuments in their own way. And I think it's unfortunate that people only know him um, for Night of the Living Dead and the Ben character. Yeah. And he goes he goes on right after this, the clip that we just listened to, to talk about a story. And it's like, you know, he, he talks about it over like three minutes. So I didn't want to include it as a as another thing in this. But um, he, he, he had friends that ran an art gallery and they wanted to do a fundraiser for their art gallery and they wanted to do a movie night and they did that movie first. And then night of the living dead is like a double feature. And that's how he got a copy of night of the living dead was that uh, he asked George A. Romero like, Hey, can I, do you have a copy of this? And he's like, yeah, we can get you a copy. Like as soon as whatever. So he was telling the story about how he ended up uh, keeping the copy forever because he, you know, he, he did this kind of double feature night where he uh, had people that were raising money for, his art gallery well not his art gallery but like an art gallery that his friends ran uh off of those two movies and he was also in beat street uh you know the classic breakdancing movie <laughs> but uh but coney you want to jump over to these letterboxed one-liners certainly before andy pivots to breakdancing zombies which i can only assume <laughs> is what's happening next 
Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Letterboxd, of course, is a place for film, a social media site for film lovers to talk at, with, and to each other about the films they love, the films they didn't love, the films they were weirdly thirsty for, confused by, uh, or otherwise uh, lauding and uh, commenting on. Uh, no gods, no masters, no Siskels, no Eberts. Bottom up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say. Best expressed in the classic one-liner format, working on your tight five in front of the brick wall. These, of course, are the letterbox one-liners for Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Not a cell phone in sight. Just zombies living in the moment. <laughs> the, the one part where Ben pulls out, uh, not Ben, uh, where uh, the, the brother pulls out his uh, gloves, I thought was a cell phone for a moment. <laughs> it would be really funny if one of them, like, you know, because because they still have some kind of motor function in Romero's version of... Uh, zombies really funny if one of them takes out took out their phone though and like called an uber and <laughs> the uber arrived and they're like oh fuck and it's just a horde of zombies coming at them <laughs> yeah it's that's i'm sure there's gonna be more cell phone zombies movies in the future and i do not look forward to it but i don't need th that but... would this movie has been it was ahead of its time in many ways that was not one of them though. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's pretty iconic for a movie whose second act is just people arguing over a basement <laughs> You're the boss up here, or I'm the boss up here. You're the boss down there. <laughs> it's true, though. Killer. But that goes back to what we were saying earlier, right? Like, I mean, I use 12 Angry Men as the example, but it's like it's one of the things that, that you know, it isn't, isn't the zombies necessarily that make it a great film. It's the conflict between the people dealing with the crisis and the clear weak link as well. Yeah. Whenever I see zombies eating people in movies, I'd be like, damn, they do be looking kind of tasty, though. Seek help. Seek help immediately. <laughs> who's who's the guy with the uh, with the with the cannibalist ideation? Who is that actor? Uh, oh, Army um, Hammer. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's Army, that's Army Hammer's alias. Uh, uh, <laughs> Riley, aka Army Hammer. <laughs> Riley Hammer. The true worst enemy is the bossy big white man. Uh, <laughs> as, as a as a bossy big white man, that's facts. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Also, watch oh, May 2564. I'm glad it holds up. <laughs> How do you do that? Yeah, I didn't know you could. <laughs> I didn't know you either. Uh, I thought this was a zombie movie. Turns out it's just a claustrophobic yet thrilling study of race, gender, and class, and what happens when they clash together. Hmm. What a ripoff! <laughs> <laughs> but they gave it five I stars. Didn't, yeah. I didn't come here for messages and, like, you know, um, I didn't come here for, for a social well, content. I didn't come here to learn stuff. Why'd you make this all political? <laughs> <laughs> Looks at zombie Johnny. I can fix him. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I found Johnny. He's not giving up the car keys. <laughs> a fond memory from a Q&A. Some idiot. Do you have any advice for a young person looking to make zombie movies? George Romero. Don't. That Sage is advice. Definitely George A. Romero. <laughs> Respect. Respect. <laughs> Johnny starts out being an absolute dick to Barbara, but then the moment a threat arrives, he throws himself at a zombie with no regard for his own safety to protect her. And this is possibly the most accurate depiction of siblings. Yeah. No, it really is. Damn straight. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, oh, you scared? You scared? Wow, you scared? And then he's like, oh no, you're in trouble. Let me just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me wrestle this zombie. <laughs> a terrific PSA for social distancing. Yeah? Yes. Yes. 
You stay downstairs <laughs> with your fucking COVID. <laughs> and also the dark side of social distancing. Oh, oh, inside, it's like you, inside you are two wolves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those are the one, one of them is social distancing and what is it? Or they both are, but they think differently about it. Those are the letterbox one-liners for Not Living Dead 1968. Please, please, please. Follow the show, Moving Extravaganza. That's your host, Forrest, over there on Letterboxd. Um, you can see what we're up to on there. You can comment, chime in, et cetera, et cetera. I, yeah, I, like, I, like, the idea, I like the idea that those two uh, social distancing ones are just different parts of the pandemic. So you start off and you're like, this is a great uh-huh. PSA for social distancing. And then no, there's like a couple months later, like, this, is, this, is, this is the dark side of social distancing. <laughs> I, of course, am Kona Neutron. You can find me at Kona Neutron on Letterboxd. I'm very active on there when I'm watching movies, which has mostly been touring this month, so not as much as normal. Uh, J. Andrew Kerber, Euthanasia World, is on there watching all the weirdest stuff <laughs> that he didn't know existed and probably didn't care about or weren't interested in, but he will tell you what is good and what is just weird. Occasionally, uh, I find something good. <laughs> occasionally, you find something good. Yeah, occasionally. Occasionally. Uh, Barbara down there, Christina Oaks, she, she rocks the Johnny Depp list and uh is is on there as well i'm christina you can find links for everything jg i don't think you're you're, are you on letterbox i can't remember i need to rectify that and get on letterbox okay yeah it's not it's not like a peer pressure thing i just don't want to miss your plug (laughs) all the cool kids are (laughs) why don't you on it bro why don't you on it dog you can't come on this (laughs) podcast if you're not on the letterbox (laughs) jg michael is of course not on letterbox but uh he he might change that soon maybe he won't but yeah go ahead and follow follow all of us on there engage in discussion we have lists of the movies we cover things along those lines jay andrew world please take us away with all right uh, plugs you are watching us right now on YouTube. Do the YouTube things like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell, and big ask watch the video to the end to help other film fans find this video. Um, you, you know, get the bonus Conan Neutron song. So it's all good, right? Um, yes, as Varn said, more people should be watching. I agree with him. Yes. Yeah. He said it in a dickish way, but he wasn't wrong. <laughs> Why is this show so small? I ask the same question every time we have a big guest on, and I'm like, wow, we killed it. And then the show doesn't grow. Sometimes it does. It does a little bit. We're getting there. We're getting there. But we got we got a Twitter. Robin, Robin and if you want to help us next week, that's gonna be a, a huge uh you know majority report crossover of some kind. Well, you, you can help you can help rectify that by sharing episodes that you like with friends, enemies, and frenemies, both. I'll and, I'll, I'll make sure we'll make sure Matt promotes it. Even uh, even even Glenemies, you know. Yes. <laughs> Use hashtag too soon. <laughs> hashtag more Greenwald Substack.com. Yes, uh, but you can also follow us on Twitter. We have a Twitter account, um, and uh, it's it's uh, it's even relevant to movies. Yeah, no, it's great um, when it is. Uh, we also I, have a Twitter I've kept community. It to that for the most part, besides uh-huh. earlier when I sent Andy the video that said P. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one time i've really gone off topic on it lately all right, all right. yeah but whatever it's a reply nobody sees replies um P? We, yeah, we have, we have, how are you this disruptive on your own show how is this possible <laughs> we we have a twitter community uh where we actually do talk films uh, yeah. uh it's mostly, it's mostly whatever's on andy's mind but it, it is pretty yeah cool. for the most part right now it's it's like uh, oh hey i just watched this weird ass movie and uh here's a poll have you seen this movie that we're about to cover 
And he, um, he like cleverly does like a yes or no, and it's irrelevant to the movie. It's a whole thing. Yeah. If you like responding to things, you're gonna love the movie next extravaganza. Yes, Twitter. I love polls. Uh, yeah. uh, it's community. He loves polls, people. I yes. am. Uh, he loves polls, am... people. Just a little poll. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> polls. Polls are welcome to come on the show. We will have Polish guests if they want to come on. <laughs> I was thinking about strippers, but okay. I was as well, but I, I like that it went in a different direction. Why not Polish strippers? We'll, do, we'll double down. This is absolutely after party business. Sorry, Andy, go ahead. <laughs> and we have a Patreon. If you want to get access to these after parties to hear us talk about Polish strippers. Polls um, on polls. Yeah. There is there, there's a way to do that. And that is through our Patreon, um, where you'll have access to all these after parties and all these weird discussions. And some of them are actually really, really deep. And some of them are um a lot Not. of fun <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we're complete shit shows but like you never know what you're gonna get and uh it's it's always worth uh checking out so um you know if you can't stick around live you could always uh subscribe and get the funness later but remember snitches get stitches that's all i gotta say about it so. really no dude oh come on come on we don't need this. P. just stop all right Conan, you had a big episode of uh, Protonic Reversal this week. You did keep a shadow of uh, Fugazi a little bit, a little, a little bit called uh, Fugazi, some young up and coming. Um, yeah, it was a very good episode. People, yeah, you went deep into discography, and it was really uh, unfortunately I was having internet problems uh, when uh, when it aired, so I didn't quite get all the way through it. But uh, yeah, the 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 conversation. If you really like Fugazi. This is that, that that's an episode. You, you, it's pretty comprehensive. I'm I'm yes. hard pressed to think of a more comprehensive discussion about the band, include like Ian is kind of the one that most people end up talking to. Ian is brilliant in every way and uh, very interesting to talk to. But this is substance substantively um, a lot about the music, which I think is what makes it interesting because people forget about you know them being like a set of ethics and like the five dollar shows and whatnot. But like he was very giving of his time to talk about the music, and I appreciate that as one of my favorite bands. Because yeah, I think it was like three hours and when all <laughs> said and done. It's about two hours and 45 minutes of talk. So I thought about yeah. splitting into two and I was like, that sounds like a lot of work. So just it's go get it. You could have hit me up. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> All right, but, but if you, if you need more uh, Conan in your life, you got uh, uh, some albums you need to be getting a hold of. And this Friday is Bandcamp Friday. So um, it is make indeed. sure uh, co- basically what that means is Conan gets all of your money. Yes. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, check out uh, Dangerous Nomenclature and uh, Action Chiefs Just the Solos. Yeah, I have, and I think uh, I'm going to be uh, hanging out with Conan in Peaks. Are you going to be riding with us? Yeah. Yeah, and then I think I'm going to ride with them to Connecticut and go to that show and hang out. So that so, should oops, that that. <laughs> that should be that should be a blast. If you're wait, which uh, which city in Connecticut? It's in Connecticut. Uh, it's Wallingford. I thought it was New Haven, but I guess it's Wallingford. It's yeah, it's just north of New Haven. So there's uh, all right. There's the so if you're in Wallingford or if you're anywhere near Peekskill, New York, you can I'll be there. Pittsburgh, <laughs> if you are in uh, Western Connecticut, you know, you're, you're near it. Pittsburgh or uh, Philadelphia as well. Those are we're, we're playing that as well, which we're, we're playing JG's town. So we're Thank probably you. not going to have time to see the see the mall or the graveyard, but maybe who knows? I've seen well, it. It's great. Well, we'll post <laughs> pictures if you do. Yeah, 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 exactly, man. We'll, They're we'll, coming we'll to get you, Graveyard. I, I like how you're coming to Pittsburgh, like, right when I end up in, in Florida. Dang it. Oh, you're going to be out of the, You never answered me. I thought you were just like, oh, he doesn't want to come. All right. That's, that's no, big deal. <laughs> no I, I I didn't know what to say. I was like, oh, dang. How do I break it that I'm I'm not in Pittsburgh right now? 
I like how you go to Florida just as Hurricane Vouch hits. I mean, Hurricane Ian hits. Oh, my God. That's a story in and of itself. We'll get into it. (laughs) Yes. So buy my shit on Bandcamp Friday. That's the important thing. Thank you. Yeah, and, and, and we'll make sure uh, I will remind uh, whoever's running the uh, Twitter account that day, which will probably be Forrest, to to uh, send out links to to uh, remind people. It'll Thank definitely you. be me because Conan will be in transit. I will do, and, yeah, and I, will I lost the login, yeah. so I never have been able to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. You know, my fault. Uh, but anyways, Christina, you got anything big coming up this week? Uh, well, I'm currently going to be dog sitting, so I'm going to try streaming from my phone. But next week is my birthday so i'm gonna be doing like a 12 hour stream from like 7 a.m to 7 p.m and then do movie night it's gonna be wild i didn't i didn't know that it was your birthday and i'm actually kind of touched that you're not taking off that day and you're actually gonna that you know you you even booked a guest i I don't know well i'm taking the day off from cleaning houses so that's good yeah there you go that's yes I just thought of fucking the Irish river. Like I heard you paint houses. <laughs> I heard you clean houses. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah. I like that movie. But yeah, the CG that CGI de-aging was. Oh, you know it's not good. Um, not- I I do I do uh, that movie holds a soft spot in my heart because my friend that passed away, Dom, like. Uh, he watched it like a week after I did because he because I was like, oh, it's it's Jimmy Hoffa, it's Al Pacino, and he watched it and he we would we would both get drunk and we'd yell at each other, solidarity, solidarity, solidarity from across the bar in the okay. fucking Al Pacino voice randomly, and people would just stare at us. You're like, but, what is wrong with these people? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like solidarity, yeah. solidarity, yeah. But uh, but yeah, Christina, I'm really I'm 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 touched that you're gonna be. You know, bringing bringing Matt Binder on and on on your birthday. Yeah, you're welcome. After streaming all day, like like that's the last thing you'd probably want to do. But you know, uh, I'll, I'll I'll be energized. I'll be good. Okay, no, I'm not on. It's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, did I tell you quick story? I told did I tell you guys that I told Matt Bender about my crush on Sam Cedar while he he was still in my chat the one night that he raided me. I, I was like, no, I don't know if you, I don't know if you told us about it or if I saw it on Twitter, but I yeah. <laughs> Oh, funny. Yeah, I think I think we should save that for the after party. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's there, there, in. There's a tease for the after party. Um, come in, people. Can't, after, can't party, after party. After party. <laughs> so, JG, Parallax Views, what's coming up the, this week? Uh, Parallaxviews.podbean.com. I have a bunch of episodes coming out, and I'm getting ready for the Halloween season, so... <laughs> I'm keeping those episodes secret, but I'm trying to get someone on that was actually in Night of the Living Dead 1990. So hopefully that'll that'll happen. Um, I just found Tony Twitter, Todd's. Right? Yeah, that's what I was saying. So Tony Todd's Twitter is pretty active. Uh, he'll and, go. He'll probably come on. I'd love to talk to Tony Todd. <laughs> yeah, I've, sm- I've smoked with Tony Todd before at a convention. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, so I uh, parallaxviews.podbean.com and patreon.com slash parallax views also hopefully i wasn't like too completely off base tonight i've been like sick the past few days so hopefully i you know when we let you talk and i was good (laughs) (laughs) which was not awesome no i've 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 been thinking i don't know if you get the same thing that i get um every time well you're in florida right now but like the when whenever the weather changes even if i'm not like in that weather change like the seasonal change i get sick instantaneously Mm -hmm. like 
all, all the immune system stuff that I have, like, uh, like I get fucking canker sores and shit when my immune system is fucked up. And like, I instantly get those. I instantly like get a sore throat or whatever. Like, so, I mean, today's the first day that I felt normal, <laughs> it, you know, in like three days. Yeah, no, I've been fighting allergies all week, so. Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> like my, my body just does not react well to it. And it doesn't even like the temperature just drops and my body, the, my immune system is just like, well, we know what just happened. <laughs> so, yeah, so, parallaxviews.podbean.com and then the Patreon <laughs> if anyone wants to support me. Parall- oh, yeah, Parallax yeah, yeah, parallaxviews.podbean.com uh we're we're you know we're we're talking to everyone they're 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 coming on to <laughs> yeah and no yeah, and if, stop, if you've not I checked out the show halfway between not... alex jones and Rand paul but i, I just want to say though that that, that uh um if, you, if you're not familiar with the show he does a wide variety of stuff and uh it's absolutely worth checking out uh uh because oh, you, never you know, know what i i did have one thing i wanted to plug i just came out with an episode with uh this I mean, he's a professor at like a Southern Baptist university, which is weird enough having a guest like that on. But uh, we were actually talking about John Foster Dulles. And I know you're into the whole topic of the Dulles brothers um, for us. So we did an episode on like his Protestant liberalism and how that affected his like foreign policy views. Yeah. But that's the type um, of stuff I do is like just, you know, I'll talk about Dulles one week and then. You know, some trashy orders next week. Yeah, yeah, because you had a uh, oh shoot, what was that director who he had? On Fred Olin Ray. Yes, Olin Ray. Yeah. Fred Olin Ray, who is uh, does some of the best worst movies. Yes, like like you, you know it's not going to be good, but you also know it's going to be enjoyable. So uh, if you ever see his name before a movie, um, we uh, we talked about John Foster Dulles Conan on the contempt after party. And then that was the the next day was when the CIA went. Um, and I like I did a probe. That's or when the CIA for, did the podcast, right? Yeah. No, wait, but but like I did a probe that was like, this is the number one John Foster Dulles uh, podcast on the internet as a joke. Ah, and then yeah. The next day, right after that, the CIA is like, we're launching our own podcast, the CIA podcast. Oh my god! <laughs> well, They're have... watching you, man. They're watching. <laughs> <laughs> we need to take down Forrest Miller. We we we'd like to uh, welcome Bill Burns, uh, CIA director, as one of our uh, patrons. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's he's throwing a lot of money into this, but he hasn't like said he wants anything from us or anything. He just yeah, keeps giving us money. I'm like I'm into it, and then he's just like stop. <laughs> that's the, that's the you, you need to uh, you, you need to assassinate Maduro and and right. Venezuela. It's like it's like confessions of a dangerous mind, but a modern update. <laughs> Will you guys cover Juan Guaido the movie? Because I think that. that <laughs> You mean Mayor Juan, Pete? Oh. Juan Guaido to the polls. You know what I mean? That's my. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm yes. off tonight. As I say, there's also a Patreon for Proton Conversal as well, but that's that's fine. Like we didn't we didn't get to that. That's I'm okay. I'm you know all three of these Patreons. I'm I'm a member of. I'm okay. I'm a member of the Proton Conversal one, JG's and Christina's. So. You know, we're out here. If you're if you're like me and you like, you know, subscribing to your friends' uh, Patreons, you know, do it. Subscribe to all three of them. It's the Holy Trinity. They're in the shape of a triangle right now, and you can actually get the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit just by you know. But make it a rumbus. Make it a rumbus, people. Make it a rumbus. Make it a make it a rumbus. <laughs> rumbus in the Bronx. 
Thank you. Rama's fish. Uh, but you know let's get some final thoughts in here um not too final the pandemic did not end remember there's still zombies uh and it's only getting started so let's hear some final living dead thoughts uh starting with jg uh as a pittsburger i'm very proud to heal from the land of the zombies uh but uh george a romero's night of the living dead i think is one of the most important uh horror films to have come out in the 20th century and i think its influence is gonna you know be felt for years to come i mean we still see it now with shows like the walking dead and it really did sort of revolutionize the genre and like i said at the beginning i i think a lot of credit is due for everyone else involved with the film i think romero should get a lot of credit uh but john russo russ uh striner and um all the other cast and crew, I think, offered a lot to it. Dwayne Jones uh, sort of rewriting his role. I think it's a really interesting example of a movie as a collaborative effort because I do think it was a very collaboratively made film. And uh, that's and, very and inspiring that, to me. And the tease that I have uh, more stuff about the production of it for the after party. So if you if you want to hear us talk more in depth about the actual production of the movie and uh, you know the process of that, the after party, we're going to definitely get into some more of that. Forever. Forever. <laughs> Just like the zombie, like, you know, it's, it never ends. The the one, you know, scientist or whatever that, that could have stopped it got killed, and it's going to keep going forever. Uh, but, yeah, Barbara, a.k.a. Christina, a.k.a. Wait, there was a, there was a comment that I wanted to read, and then <laughs> Vampira, Elvira, and Um Christyra. <laughs> Is that my porno name? What's going on here? Well, no, I, I said you should be Al- Al- Elvira's protege earlier. Yeah, I should. She's, she still looks good for her age. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. I, well, when is I she coming on the show? You, you jumped right to the porno, <laughs> the porno name, though. Yeah, I know. I always do. Um, yeah, I love this film. You made it pornlytical. <laughs> but, like, this is probably my, my probably my favorite of, like, all the zombie movies because it's, like, the OG uh, I just think that <laughs> don't don't look don't look just just yeah but yeah I thought this movie was incredible when oh, I first yeah, don't, watched don't it. Don't look up at it. <laughs> and when I and when I keep why do you always have to do this to me? Uh, and I it's a film that I always find myself watching over and over again whenever like you know the thirty one nights of you know Halloween where you want to watch a scary movie every night. This is like probably that like the only like zombie movie that I actually like watch. So. So Not I give time. it how many brains? I give it eleven out of ten brains. <laughs> Not this time though. You're gonna be watching at least seventeen zombie movies, considering how many episodes we've scheduled. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. Conan Neutron, uh, you know, from Brain Tonic <laughs> Reversal. <laughs> brains you can believe in uh yeah look from a standpoint of influence i said earlier this is a five-star film hands down i think it's more of a four-star film uh, really but working the limitations of the budget and pulling this off is actually kind of astounding we went over that quite a bit during the course of the show but i'd be lying if i said it in favor dawn of the dead as a film because that's one of my favorites of all time um and again we also mentioned but as progressive as this film is in regards to class and race Barbara just isn't that strong of a protagonist. And Romero realized this and he did better with a stronger film later on. So, that, I mean, that's that's something to laud. That's not something to, like, uh, harp on. 
So all that said, holy moly, so iconic. The last 20 minutes is just astounding. I mean, it's one of the bleakest endings. How have we not talked about the ending? Uh, it's one of the bleakest endings that inspired, like, you know, multiple genres, a thousand knockoffs. It's, I mean, it's endlessly unfucked with one of Masterwork. And and the, the racial element is not something that, you know, at least that they claimed that they planned. Like, it's kind of crazy right. that they're just like, hey, gets killed off by, a, you know, by a white posse. And it's like, oh, we didn't actually think about that. And it's like. That's, really? the, that's the first yeah. thing I thought about. Like, <laughs> well, so I would say that this is a movie that's important as well as entertaining. And it's still, and it still chills. But yeah, I mean, like, I, I, it's a sounding that we, and interesting that even though we went off topic a bunch, like, we talked almost the entire show and didn't talk about the ending, which is like, holy crap, <laughs> like one of the, one of the great endings of all time, especially like if you talk about a bleak ending. Right. And just to have the title sequence at the end be literally like the, the, the two bodies. The post credits. Yeah. The first post credit sequence. Watch out, MCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in but, the uh, style of Ken Burns. Yes. But uh, Jay Andrew Brains, let's... <laughs> I should have tried to do that for everybody. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it would have been better like Code Neutron and the Secret Brains. Uh, oh, yeah. Empty chair, you, you still got next week. That's Return of the Living Dead. So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We we got lots of brains. Uh, brains coming at you everywhere. But All the yeah, brain no. humor you can stand, and then some. Exactly. But yeah, Night of the Living Dead, absolute banger of a film, um, because it is you know at its heart a human drama, and that's what makes it stand apart. Uh, and why why uh, uh, from from a lot of inferior zombie films, um, and, and that's what also makes it. Uh, uh, you know, such a classic too, because it is it is the human drama that that makes it interesting, and not oh my god, are the zombies going to get them? The zombies are almost an, uh, an afterthought, um, and, and uh, that's what uh, which is what uh, makes it like to me at least like kind of a, a prequel of you know what I mean? Like the zombies are, are an afterthought throughout the entire uh, trilogy, but like it, it makes it um, in in this case like the zombies are almost like it's teasing something to come yeah, even land of the dead which yeah. is a far inferior film uh you know does have uh um you know it, it's it's about the human drama too and then the zombies show up what about it's about, Dennis, it's about, dead. It's about Dennis Hopper doing a Rumsfeld impression is what it's really about yeah <laughs> yeah it's I, I mean you know like uh land of the, if you're really into zombie movies definitely watch land of the dead because you, you'll get something out of it other than that, uh, skip it if you're not that into zombie movies because it's it's not that good of a film. But uh, anyways, um, uh, yeah, uh, and and that that human element is is truly what what uh, separates the you know any any great zombie film. Um, and I really wish uh, more zombie films would think more about that human element rather than uh, focus on the gore. And yes, gore is great. Yes, I love the exploding head in Dawn of the Dead. But, you know, this movie doesn't necessarily have that. And that's okay. Because it has that human element. Bush v. Gore would be a good uh, documentary about slasher films. Anyway, um, I... <laughs> I think that I, I I think that that's his I think that that was Romero's complaint kind of in some ways about like calling um the Walking Dead like a soap opera like you know like the the human element and the gore element being like a a, a draw between the two and I do want to talk in depth about um Robert Kirkman and uh you know Walking Dead in the after party which is about to happen in about you know 15 20 minutes which should be on by about 10 20 um I don't know if it's still fucking raining out here, but I got to probably take Audrey for a walk in the, I hope not soaking wet, pouring rain. 
But uh, look, I I appreciated this episode. We'll get more in depth in 20 minutes. And uh, thanks for making this so brainlytical. Oh.